0: This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the Hit CW Show. This week we will be covering Season 3, Episode 10, Dream a Little Dream of Me. I'm Kenzie. I'm, I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Stars shining bright above you, night breezes seem to whisper I love you birds singing in the sycamore tree. Dream a little dream of me.
1: You want to kick us off, babe? Mm-hmm. Recap. We had a recap. Yeah. Of several different things. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah she's sleeping on her pillow she's so cute Chloe's (laughs) sleeping on her bed she always sleeps on that when we're at the computer it's so cute (laughs) okay let's do her bed I got distracted sorry (laughs) you
0: made her bed you did okay ready literally I did. <laughs> you crocheted. Like, I didn't just, like, put sheets on it or something. I crocheted a, pillow, a poof thing, and Chloe has claimed it as her own. It
1: worked out because we did not know what to do with
0: yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I think we've mentioned this before. <laughs> I think
1: so. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so it recapped, like, some of Bella's shenanigans. <laughs> and Sam trying to save Dean with his research, and the big reveal from last episode with Ruby, the demons were once humans. And that there's no saving Dean. Yeah.
0: We also get some Lisa. Yeah. So you remember so who, you you remember is who she's
1: in, which I had forgotten. Which
0: Babe needs. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. She, I, she was in one episode. Oh my God. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> I just remember, Literally before we started watching the episode, I opened Netflix and Sandman, there was like a, the banner at the top oh, yeah. was for the Sandman TV show. Which is based off the comics by Neil Gaiman, and And it immediately reminded me, um, I recently got caught up on We Will Talk About It, which is a podcast, a supernatural podcast, with two ladies from Australia. They're fabulous. I love them. They have been taking, like, an extended break because one of them gave birth to the child that doesn't sleep, as she (laughs) put it in a tweet to me, (laughs) and I was like, that's a big... (laughs) (laughs) Like at that, I can I understand. So I
1: was that's like, a good reason.
0: <laughs> hopefully, your kid learns how wonderful sleep can be soon. <laughs> Once they become a
1: teenager, they will. Yeah, but exactly. before that, no guarantee. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But in their coverage of two hundred one, in my time of dying, they were talking about Tessa. Who, by the way, they were both madly in love with Tessa. They were like, she is
1: so hot, hot. Tessa.
0: Yeah. I told you.
1: I was thinking you meant in his, in like the end of season three. I'm no, like, I thought Reaper comes and gets him or something. No,
0: I'm, okay, now I remember. from the very beginning then. of season two, the very first episode of season season two, when Deeds yeah, a ghost in the Tessa. hospital. Yeah, they were, they were they were, they were like, totally in love with Tessa. Which, do Fair. not blame them. She is stunning. The actress is amazing, but. So, like, when we first meet Tessa, she's, like, dressed in, like, the hospital scrubs, like, Dean is, you know? And then, after he realizes she's a reaper, and he goes back to the room that, where her, like, mom was supposedly standing vigil by her body. <laughs> like, and Tessa's there in, like, a new look. That look that she's in, which is, like, a black leather jacket and some, like, kick-ass boots. And it's very kind of, like, I don't like. A little bit, like, punky, goth, but not goth. Like, I don't know really how to describe it. It's just, like, that, like, kind of classic, like, biker chick a little bit. Um, she looks hot as hell. <laughs> but Tessa will look... Tessa's just gorgeous yeah. in all That actress is just naturally stunning. Um, but that look that she has is actually inspired by death from Neil Gaiman's Sandman comics. And it's it's another homage to Neil Gaiman, who Kripke is a very big fan of. <laughs> like, Which I didn't Fair. know that, because I've never read, like, until long after we started this podcast, I had never read anything by Neil Gaiman, and I finally read American Gods sometime last year. I think I listened to the audiobook. It's on my to-read list. <laughs> it was so good. I feel like I'm probably gonna like it. I think you will really love it. I really loved American Gods. But I'm not never been super big on comics so i've never read sandman so like i had no idea and there's also a sandman reference in this episode <laughs> dean makes a reference to sandman in mm. this episode but yeah now that i'm like kind of knowing to look for them, there are neil gaiman references all over the Kripke era of supernatural <laughs> which is super great um I but yeah I just remembered that you you mentioned read any of Neil Gaiman's oh, stuff the reason I brought it up but... was because I was talking about Tessa earlier I was explaining this to babe because like the Sandman banner was on Netflix and she was like who's Tessa <laughs> and it reminded me just now of how she did had no memory of who Lisa was <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't remember you know, if they show up like once okay but Lisa comes back for this episode yeah she will be back again.
0: Yes. oh, okay. Yeah, she comes back, back okay. for a hot minute. Like Dean's got, he he is
1: uh, holding a torch for her for uh, oh, a okay. quite a while. Well, good to know. I was going to yeah. say that I've known Neil Gaiman mostly because he wrote a few episodes of Doctor Who. Oh, did he? Did yeah. he's an incredibly talented writer. He really is. So.
0: Yeah, but, but anyway, I did not remember most of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually like a really good episode it is it's like better i was like than i
1: remembered yeah I exactly remember much, i remembered but...
0: that there was like some good stuff but even like the monster of the week for this episode kind of like the b plot of the episode is kind of fun too like i was like oh this is unique you know it's something a little bit different
1: but let's just get <laughs> right into it i suppose um so we cut to bobby <clears throat> it looks like he's on a hunt which is the first time we see Bobby on house uh-huh, by himself, like, like doing his job, you know. Yeah, and he's looking around an old house when he like, we get like a flash of like this woman in a, look like like a, a gown. white nightgown, yeah. kind of
0: like Mary wears when yeah. we see Mary, in her like ghosty form and in the at the beginning of the very first episode. Yeah, the, like white nightgown look,
1: and she jumps out and attacks him, and suddenly the scene changes where Bobby is asleep in a hotel and the maid enters, and she's like, oh, oh sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. I have been the person
0: in bed when a maid actually enters.
1: Yeah. yeah. I've done, I've been there.
0: It was only, like,
1: ten in the morning, and... Yeah, they come way early. In, <laughs> That's why you gotta put your Do Not Disturb yeah, side out.
0: Yeah, it was my birthday at Vegas Con. Oh, yeah. Um, The morning of my birthday, and the day before, I literally, like, gotten up like the middle of the night to get to the airport to fly to la to meet my friend to drive to her house and then drive from la to vegas and then help her set up and then we were at the convention late <laughs> and then we were up late and so she she was like you are sleeping in tomorrow <laughs> and i slept until the maid woke me up I, accident she felt bad i was like no it's okay i needed to get up anyways but yeah i've been that person yeah
1: it was only like 10 30 in the morning but still that's and early the, for me the maid like goes over and she's like testing to see if mm-hmm. he's alive because
0: because he didn't react at all when yeah. she when she walked and the no one wants to
1: discover a dead body
0: oh yeah so he started he's clearly
1: like breathing still i think but yeah. he's not waking up yeah and she calls for help and it cuts to the splash screen i think then right yeah, I think that's when you get the splash screen. Yeah,
0: And then from there, we open onto a bar where, of all the Winchesters to be doing this, Sam is drinking alone. What <laughs> at two Dean reveals PM. in a minute is two in the afternoon. <laughs> Which that's is fair. not a Sam move at all. <laughs> um, Dean, Sam's like, you do this all the time. <laughs> like he kind of gets all whiny, baby brother, and Dean's like, you're drunk. <laughs> uh, and this is Dean asks him what's going on, and Sam admits that he's really upset that he feels like he can't save Dean, and he thinks that even Ruby can't save Dean, and he's like, and nobody can save you because you don't want to be fucking saved. Like, he's like, I think this is something that we talked about, was it the previous episode or the one before that, I, I already can't remember, um, that Sam told Dean, I think it actually was in the recap, that, like, Dean doesn't seem to care anymore. Yeah. Like Dean has just it's been given a recurring up. theme this season. Yeah, that Dean has just like accepted his fate um and isn't even like really bothering to fight it anymore. And Sam's like, how can you care so little about yourself? And then Dean is saved by the bell because he gets a phone call.
1: <laughs> what was his um The alias? Alias? Oh I don't remember. Uh oh. I broke
0: this would you break? Oh, that's not the
1: end of the world, babe. <laughs> the cord thing. <laughs> um, it's like prim, something prim, I don't know. I can't remember.
0: I don't think it says, I'd have to dig through the transcript. I don't remember what their aliases are.
1: So, start with a P, that's all I remember that's started with an S.
0: Okay, I'll get through the dig through the transcript. Snyderson. Oh,
1: never mind. Did you get a P from? I thought it was Pernderson or something. Prinderson <laughs> or Pirindson. You were half asleep for most of this episode. No, well, I was paying attention. Oh no, <laughs> I broke the whole thing.
0: <laughs> You're not supposed to play with that part. <laughs> Fabe was holding my keychain fidget cube, which I actually—it's been living in a drawer for the past—I don't even know how long. So <laughs> clearly, I use it very often. <laughs> but she Fun. accidentally broke the like
1: I was playing fabric with strap the part thing. that you're not supposed to play with. <laughs> the strap. <laughs> All right. Okay. But yeah. And then at the hospital, um, Dean gets a call.
0: Yeah. That Bobby's in trouble. Yeah. So they and then they, they rush to the out.
1: hospital. And Bobby's in a coma, and the doctor doesn't know what's wrong with him because he's perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. It's just like he went to sleep and doesn't wake up. Yeah. And then the boys go back to the hotel room, and they look around, and they find his serial killer wall in his <laughs> closet. <laughs> Bobby's smart
0: about it. The boys just will like tack it up on the yeah. wall for the. I think they put the do not disturb sign out,
1: but like Still. it's just in plain view. Bobby's like, now nah, I'm gonna put this behind some clothes <laughs> yeah um so they find some research like newspaper clippings along with an article about a neurologist dr walter Gregg, who died by going to sleep and not waking up sounds familiar yeah so sam stays behind to research research while dean goes to dr Gregg's office yeah uh dean talks to the doctor's lab
0: assistant uh, who reveals that she already spoke to a nice older detective with a beard? Uh, obviously, Bobby. Uh, she then admits under some very like persistent questioning <laughs> from Dean. He even, he's like, "This could go on your permanent record." Did, were you ever told that as a kid? Uh, uh, about, I think like, both of us were too like good of kids to have heard this, but I know it's something that other kids experience experienced when, like, they, like, got into trouble with something. When they like, people, like, adults at the what school. What is this record that it Would be, like, your... this will go on your permanent record. does this record you, like, the they're to? There's, like, there's, like, a file that, like, gets passed from teacher to teacher and school to school or something. I mean, with, like, there kind of is, but. But it, there's no, like, permanent record. I think it even mentions this in the wiki, um, in the, um, trivia. I, I like. Dean it says the, record, the permanent record line is a reference that comes from a threat often made by school principals in the 50s and 60s. Uh, it's also apparently a reference to a song. But, yeah, that's something <laughs> that I, I remember hearing other kids and, like, seeing in, like, books and stuff, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and it just gives the implication that, like... And this isn't, like, a criminal record. It's, like, a, like record, a record. Like, a permanent school record that will affect your whole life or something? I don't know.
1: <laughs> to weird. be fair, there but, is a school record of, like, your, like, test results and grades yeah. that gets passed on with, to, like, each teacher and they probably, teacher like, teachers probably, school. like, make
0: notes yeah. like about stuff, but I, I don't think it's quite it's as serious as they, material. like, imply it to be. Um, but, yeah, the... the Um, assistant reveals that the, this doctor, Dr. Gregg, had been doing secret sleep experiments. Um, and she gives Dean, assuming all of the, like, information for that. And Dean, I think he's, like, going around interviewing different people who are involved in these sleep studies. Yeah. Um, he meets this young man who will later learn is named Jeremy, so, and we don't learn that for quite a while. (laughs) <laughs> until like halfway through the episode so I'm just going to reveal it now his name's Jeremy, we're going to call him Jeremy because <laughs> it's just easier wait, um, is that his name? yeah, Jeremy, oh, okay. Jeremy Winters or something this is the discount Vigo Mortensen <laughs> he really does, <laughs> he, really does. he really does, he's got the like really square jaw going yeah. on and the like the beard, scruff, he looks like a discount baby Aragorn <laughs> but a frat boy they're like <laughs> slightly off
1: yeah, not exactly. not
0: good looking. Exactly. That's why he's a discount. <laughs> like he's still good looking, but it's it's like it's like baby Aragorn, but not. <laughs> um, but Dean goes to interview Jeremy um who thinks that Dean is there about his marijuana plants. He's like, "I'm just growing ferns." <laughs> he offers Dean a beer which Dean is more than happy to accept um and he explains that he has a condition where he doesn't dream and that when he was participating in the study he was able to dream vividly by drinking this disgusting yellow tea and he tells Dean that he didn't like it so he dropped out um from there we go back to Bobby's hotel
1: room um Back in Bobby's Hot. hospital room. shush. Shh. <laughs> Sam, Sam tells Dean about the African dream route, which allows people to enter into other people's dreams. Um, this sounds, I guess, where we could get into the lore. With enough use and practice, <laughs> Soman can control another Urson's dreams. Shush.
0: <laughs> She's making fun of my
1: typos. Who's Soman? Oh, that's supposed to be Simon? I thought it was going to be Jeremy. Someone. Oh. Simon.
0: <laughs> I thought it was Simon or something. <laughs> no. So we've done some research, and by some research, I mean I typed some things into Google and pulled up some links. Um, African dream root is actually a real plant. I think Sam refers to it I not don't, I don't... I literally, like, repeated this after him and then was like, I should try and remember how to pronounce that, but it's a plant... Saline capensis. Maybe. maybe <laughs> It's a plant that, according to the Super Wiki, is used in South African spiritual rituals for centuries. It contains a psychoactive compound not yet identified that produces intensive and imaginative dreams. That's according to the Super Wiki. Um,
1: it's a pretty flower.
0: It does. It has some pretty white flowers. The It's regarded by the Zosa? Is that how you pronounce that? Zosa people... They're an ethnic group from the traditional homeland, primarily whose traditional homeland is primarily the Eastern Cape in South Africa. Um, they're the second largest race group in South Africa. Oh, huh, that's interesting. Uh, it's a sacred plant for them. Its root is traditionally used to induce vivid um, and apparently prophetic, in their beliefs, lucid dreams during the initiation process of shamans. Shamans. Why did I pronounce it that way? I know how it's pronounced. <laughs> Classifying it as a naturally occurring... on Onigerin? Onerogen? I think. Similar to the more well-known dream herb, calia. <sighs> Lots of long words. <laughs> um, I don't know how to pronounce that, but Turnifolia. it's common names are bitter grass, Mexican calia, and dream herb. So... Huh. Oh. Onerogen? It's a Greek... It has Greek roots. From words meaning dream and to create. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, according to Healthline,
1: Does it help you
0: sleep? Um... So, it's a small perennial herb native to the eastern Cape of South Africa. It typically grows in open forests and grasslands. The Zosa, I'm not, I really don't know if that's how to pronounce it, um, and Zulu peoples of South Africa prize the roots of this plant, and they have long used African dream root to treat various health conditions such as fevers and delirium. Hmm. Um, the Zosa people refer to the plant as und- undlela. I don't know how to, I'm gonna, I'm not going to butcher that, um, and these links will be included in the show notes, um, a a phrase that means the way or path of white things or symbols. Hmm. Research suggests that the vivid or lucid dreaming, dream-inducing properties of African dream root come from compounds called saponins, which are present in the root. Hmm. So. Yeah. So they do help induce dreams. Mm Mm-hmm. That's cool. That has, like, psychoactive properties, I suppose.
1: Antioxidants. Yeah, some possible benefits. Reduced inflammation, lower cholesterol, possible lower blood sugar.
0: Yeah. Cool. Mm. (laughs) Um... Uh, the dream root plant contains saponins, which form a foam-like substance when mixed with water, and if you consume them in excess, they may irritate the lining of your digestive tract and cause vomiting. Uh, in addition, people who have, to t- who have taken doses of African dream root that were larger than the typical amount have reported experiencing disturbing or confusing <laughs> dreams. Fair. Yeah. That's that's part of why people in certain cultures take it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Is because it it's part of their beliefs, but yeah, it is an actual plant that you can like actually buy and use, yeah. and actually has these effects. So that's, that's cool. interesting. Oh, Dean Sam also briefly talks about dream walking. Um, which I'm actually just gonna scroll. That's I have eight million tabs open. Babe did more of research. This time. Shush! I didn't really do it. <laughs> I mean, shush. Oh, I, I had to research me about how much research room. I'd done. No, <laughs> which I didn't really do that much. I didn't um, do any research. System. Sam briefly briefly brings up dreamwalking, which is what in Supernatural lore Dream Root allows you to do if the Dream Root is mixed with like DNA from a specific person. Kind of sounds
1: like Polyjuice Potion. That allows you to turn into the person. I know, but like the the whole like putting hair. Oh in dream yeah, thing.
0: yeah, that's a little bit Polyjuice. Um. But in, in, within supernatural lore, if you add someone's like DNA, like a hair, to the tea that you make uh, and then drink it, you will enter their dreams um, via, basically, dreamwalking, which is the ability to leave the barriers of one's own mind while sleeping. It allows the dreamwalker to enter someone else's dream and observe or control them or travel to other realms. Dreamwalking is a form of telepathy and therefore a psychic power. Humans can dream rock using African dream root or as a result of innate abilities, which we have not encountered yet. So... And what abilities? Innate abilities. Oh. means they were born with it. Yeah. But yeah, that is our explanation. Poorly researched, poorly pronounced <laughs> explanation
1: of African dream root. <laughs> I should have done a Google of pronunciations, but I didn't, and it's... Are we gonna late. go in more depth of dream walking, or is that later?
0: No, they don't really dig too much into it right now. That's basically all there really is to it.
1: Okay. I, there's a lot of I mean, like cultural significance war. to dream
0: walking, but I think I want to save that to dig into later on in the show because okay. we will come back to dream walking, just not for several several seasons. And so at that point, we'll be introduced to a character who's the dreamwalking is tied to her ancestral history and stuff Hmm. so and i think i'd like to dig into the like indigenous beliefs around dreamwalking and things like that when we get to that point okay so yeah um
1: okay um let's get back into it so back in bobby's hospital room um oh wait we went over that we got like halfway through the paragraph that interrupted you for lore <laughs> um Oops. they figure out that the tea that the african dreamer it was the tea used in the experiments and that someone killed the doctor using this and is now going after bobby yeah Lutine's <laughs> like a think that we believe in the legends <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like don't like,
1: according to the legends. <laughs> uh that's literally your job. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um meanwhile you go back into Bobby's dream and he's screaming, hiding in the closet from whoever's after him. He's got like a scratch on his face.
0: Yeah, he's like kinda beat up. You see but he's fixing her, her notes. Shush! <laughs> that did not say
1: hotel. <laughs> and then, as they are leaving the hospital, Dean suggests to Sam that they take um, the dream route and go after Bobby in his dream to save him. Dean says there are the something about looking for
0: homicidal Sandman. I think the quote might be in. Um, they don't have it listed. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's interesting that the wiki doesn't have this line about homicidal Sandman listed, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure that's a reference to
1: the Sandman comics, as I previously mentioned. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so Sam agrees that since it's Bobby, they want to risk it to save him. Yeah. And Sam points out that the African dreamer is hard to come by, so Dean suggests contacting Bella, much to (laughs) their disappointment. They're like, how
0: are we going to get it? And then Dean goes, crap, Bella. And then Sam goes, Bella? Crap. (laughs) Perfection. So good. Very, very... Adorable. I love it. <laughs> we cut back to the uh, Motel room. I specifically gave myself this scene. <laughs> uh, Sam is doing some research on his computer alone. Uh, he hears a knock at the door. and He opens it to find Bella wearing a long beige trench coat. She's like, oh, I had to come. I, I wanted to come help. She's like, but mostly actually I came to see you, Sam. I don't really remember what she says, so I'm going to try and find it. Uh... Doot, doot. Doot, doot. it is, I think. Yep. She's like, I came because of you, and she, like, takes off her trench coat to reveal she's wearing some, like, black lingerie <laughs> underneath. Like, that's it. <laughs> uh, and she kisses Sam, and they, like, fall into the bed. Um... And this, if I remember correctly, so this episode, I clicked over to the transcript, but I actually need the episode info now. Um, this episode was written by Catherine Humphreys, but the story was like developed by Sarah Gamble and Catherine Humphreys. And I remember hearing, and I don't know where I heard this, but I've heard it multiple times, that the powers that be, like the producers and big guys at CW were like, this was another time where they were like, you've got these hot young actors, like, let's get a little bit sexy with it. Like, this is the CW. That's kind of their thing, is being a little bit, like, teen, but risque. And
1: This is before they were on the CW, wasn't no, it?
0: No, this is CW now. Oh, is it? Yeah. They were at the WB for, I think, the first season. And... I don't remember when they switched over let me do a google when did the wb become the cw um 2006 it was when warner brothers television network shut down and then the cw launched the following day what year did season three year 2000. Or this episode aired in 2008. Okay. So yeah, they've been on the the CW for a couple years, but the powers that be were like, which is kind of a colloquialism for like the the people who like make the final say on a show. Uh, they were pushing for like a little bit more sexiness. Uh, and so Sarah Gamble wrote this scene, which is sexy, but with a distinct focus on the woman's pleasure, because it is deep, like, we get, like, Bella, like, kind of writhing on the bed, saying Sam's name, like, clearly in pleasure, and Sam is nowhere to be seen, and it's heavily implied that he is down south. <laughs> And then, of course, he wakes up drooling on his hand. So it's canonical. Sam likes going down on ladies. Okay? I will fight people on that. (laughs) It's canon. (laughs) Uh, Dean wakes Sam up. Uh, And he wakes up all like rattled, and (laughs) he like sits there for a long while, and it's very clear he's not ready to get up. (laughs) It's not okay to get up. Uh, Dean kind of teases him. He's like, "You're making some serious happy noises, and you didn't wake him up sooner, Dean." Like, (laughs) Uh, and he's like, "Who are you dreaming about? Was it Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt?" (laughs) And I think this is supposed to be a little bit one more like a another version of like in bedtime stories when Sam knows a lot about fairy tales and Dean's like, could you be more gay? Like teasing Sam. But I take it, I choose to believe it's Dean knowing that Sam sometimes is into guys. (laughs) That's my headcanon. You don't have to believe that, but that's my personal headcanon. Sam's like clearly very flustered. Uh, He gets even more flustered when Dean mentions Bella saying that she is not going to help This is, of course, when Bella arrives. (laughs) This freaks Sam out. (laughs) He's so awkward in this scene. He's utterly useless. (laughs) He just sits there and stumbles over his words and acts like an idiot (laughs) the whole time she's in the room. Um, She gives Dean a jar with some African dream root. Uh, She says she's doing this for Bobby because he saved her life in Flagstaff. Uh, and then she's like what are we doing this? And Dean's like uh uh-uh, uh nope you're not taking the dream route with us. And he puts the jar in their motel room safe uh, In doing so revealing that's where he's keeping the cult. Uh, he gives Bella some more shit. She's like where am I gonna go? It's two in the morning. <laughs> and he's like find a room. Bye. <laughs> and she storms out. Uh, and Sam's like thanks for helping. Bye. Bella, as she leaves. <laughs> After she leaves,
1: for <laughs> the door.
0: The, the way he, like, stumbles over her name, he's like, Bella. <laughs> like, it's, right. it is a very, like, awkward 13-year-old with his first crush. And Dean's face, he's like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, are you having a stroke? Do I need to be worried? What is going on? So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Oh, we haven't even really
1: gotten into, like, the meat meat of this episode yet. That's not till much later. <laughs> so Sam makes two glasses of tea, and they put some of Bobby's hair in it. Um, and they drink it, and it doesn't feel like anything worked at first. But then Dean like, 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 notices... like, when did it start raining? Yeah. <laughs> they notice something outside, and they check and it's raining upside down. Yeah. 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 I...
0: That's a kind of a cool effect, actually. Yeah, and that's, like, cool. that's a really subtle way of being like, yeah, these this dudes are different. passed the fuck out <laughs> on their beds. Like, they, instead of showing them falling asleep, like, we're right there with them. They don't even remember falling asleep.
1: Yeah. It's very well done. Um, when they turn back around, they realize they're in a different version of Bobby's house. It's, like, not as dusty and cluttered. It's a well decorated <laughs> Yeah, and Bob's new. like, where
0: the... Dean's like, where the fuck are we? And Sam's like, hold on. <laughs> Imagine this, but without the new, like, the paint job and with a lot more books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, like, Sam decides they should split up. Dean keeps looking inside and Sam goes outside and enters, like, a very bright technicolor, yeah. like, flowers and... We should Bird note that singing. when
0: they were inside Bobby's house, the cut tones really were like very dulled. muted, like yeah. much more. Early season Supernatural has like this filter that mutes the colors in general. This is like nearing black and white
1: levels yeah. of dull colors. Then it's very contrasted with outside. Yeah,
0: where it's like it's it's a little bit Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you know, going from sepia to Technicolor, it definitely throws you off. It's a cool effect. It is a cool effect. It's very effective. Very good way of showing like, here's inside where Bobby is trapped. It's spooky and like bad. And then here's outside where everything is definitely, definitely wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but in a like creepy. I don't know. It's it kind of makes me think of, Wandavision. Yeah, I was gonna say it reminds me of of Wandavision. (laughs) Like very like sopa opera like very like, like early television uh-huh, color like
1: like t- almost too perfect good to be true. neighborhood, yeah. yeah,
0: exactly, like two and a half kids in a white picket fence, kind of yeah, but taken to a slightly disturbing
1: level, um and then the door suddenly slams behind him and it locks, which separates him from Dean, yeah. Uh, back in the house, Dean is searching for Bobby and finds him in the closet. He's trying to convince that Bobby that it's a dream, but Bobby doesn't believe him. Um, and then a woman opens the door at the end of the hall and approaches him. And she has, like, bloody marks all over uh, her. And this is the same woman from the the cold open. You just couldn't really see her Yeah, before. it was her, that
0: that. Bit, or, in the cold open I just my words just broke it was like all just like quick flashes and stuff but yeah. she's wearing like the same like white nightgown supernatural especially early seasons fucking loves a dead woman in a white nightgown
1: how many we get two, women do we three know in that the first episode go to sleep in a white nightgown <laughs>
0: I sleep in night shirts, but I don't think I own a single white one. Not a white vintage one. <laughs> no. I like imagine they're pretty comfy, though. Victorian ghosts. They ghost. look like they're like satiny and soft. <laughs> but literally, in the first episode of the show, we get three.
1: I know. If Jess counts, and I think she does. It just makes them look more ghostly. It, I guess. Yeah,
0: when it's like a. It's like an idea of purity. I think as well. Yeah. Um, Which, like, with Mary, they're like, look, she's like the pure, perfect mother. And then with the woman in white, they're like, look, she's supposed to be the pure, perfect mother, but she's actually like a monster. And then Jess is like, Mary reincarnated, you know, another, another version of Mary. And now we're once again getting the, like, pure, perfect wife in the white nightgown. Yeah, Uh, that's a spoiler. (laughs) The wife part, but like this is very clearly like
1: Yeah,
0: this is very clearly like an image
1: that Kripke likes to repeat. Yeah, I think the whole woman in white thing. Yeah,
0: again. Yeah,
1: I. I think a lot of it is
0: like framing these dead women as. The, the way that these the men remember them which is as these perfect like angels that they can like put up on a pedestal and be like she was so wonderful like then they choose to like forget any of the bad things because she's gone now so they only want to remember how perfect she was you yeah. know? this is exactly what john did With Mary, where he like puts her up on this pedestal, and is like she was the perfect mother, the perfect wife, you know. And I think it's kind of this imagery of like the men like, up, like lifting their wives as being more angelic, and I also think it's just because also, but also it's good imagery, (laughs) yeah. Well, and especially though, because you get this image, this what Kripke and the other writers have used is this like pure woman imagery and it's once again they're twisting it like they did with the woman in the white and she's got the stab marks in her and she's clearly like uh, something's wrong and so it's like distorting it and it makes it extra creepy.
1: Yeah. So I was
0: talking about um, with Megan from We Will Talk About It because she mentioned they were talking I don't remember what episode they were covering but they talked about how The house in that episode looked like the one from Amityville. And I was like... They were like, is that like what a normal... Like, they had some question about it. And I was like, I'm not super familiar with that house. But I like looked it up. And it just looks like a normal, if slightly higher class, like suburban American house to me. The, The Amityville Horror House. Like, it's just a normal looking house. And I was like, and I think American horror likes to put their horror in a normal suburban setting and then you take it so you have this normal setting and then you have something abnormal going on and this is like another version of that you have this image that we have seen multiple times over the seasons already of the like pure woman and then it's being twisted into something creepy Yep. You know, it's the same thing with, like, little kids. Yeah. <laughs> but not as creepy as little kids. Well creepy. I, that was a long ramble for <laughs> two in the morning.
1: <laughs> I had a lot of thought about that, apparently. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> um, so Bobby does reveal to Dean that the woman is his wife. And the woman is confronting Bobby, uh, saying that he stabbed her over and over. Yeah. I think she says. Bobby says that it was... Because She was possessed, and he didn't know what he knows now back yeah. then about how to see He didn't her. even know she was possessed,
0: he just knew that she was acting crazy. I think he says, like, this is before he even knew what a demon was. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> and Dean pulls him away, shutting the door uh, and locking her in behind them. Yeah, so he like pulls Bobby into his study because we get the, those like sliding pocket
0: doors that yes. just slam shut. Um, outside, Sam gets whacked with a baseball bat. <laughs> Sam gets knocked <laughs> down by a lot in this episode. He gets hit he, by he a baseball sees, bat a lot. <laughs> yeah. He sees Jeremy, the the guy from the Dream Study, who is very upset to find Sam there. Um he reveals um that I can't really remember now. Gosh he basically reveals that like bobby wanted to hurt him and he wasn't gonna let that happen and he's like you can't do anything about it because inside the dreams i'm a god um back inside dean tells bobby to snap out of it he he, this is a kind of big reveal that he says he considers bobby to basically be like a a father to him Mm -hmm. um which is the first time we've kind of heard dean express that sentiment about bobby Uh, he gets Bobby to realize that this is a dream and then he's like now you need to take control of it and Bobby concentrates for a second and Karen I don't think we learn his wife's name for a minute but the wife disappears Uh, and Dean's like great that was awesome now please wake up (laughs) and uh, just before Jeremy swings the baseball bat down on Sam's head they all wake up so, yay! They're all saved. Bobby's awake. He's not gonna die in his sleep, which is good. Um, go back to the hospital. Dean's hanging out with Bobby. Um, he asks about his wife, Karen. Bobby explains that Like everybody gets into hunting somehow, um, which is true. Uh, basically, all hunters have a tragic story of some kind. Like it's kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a non-tragic way to learn that monsters exist. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam shows up. He can't find Jeremy. Uh, oh, this is where we learned that Jeremy's name is Jeremy Frost. I was close. I thought it was Jeremy Winters. <laughs> it's Jeremy Frost. Um, apparently he's like... Sam calls him a stoner or something. And Bobby's like, no, this guy's like a full-on genius. Um... But he wasn't able to dream because his dad bashed his head in with a baseball bat when he was young, which is what Jeremy was trying to do to Sam. Um, Jeremy was able to get into Bobby's dream because he offered him a beer, (laughs) which he drank, and then Jeremy got some DNA from the bottle uh, to use in the African Dream tea. This is the same kind of method (laughs) that police use to get DNA from a suspect without having to get a warrant. And they were like follow a suspect around they did this with the golden state killer they followed him around until he very politely blew his nose into a tissue and discarded it and then they collected the tissue and got his dna oh wow (laughs) because once you have discarded the item be it a cup with your saliva on the straw or a tissue or whatever it's no longer yours it's I mean
1: like if you put it in still the still true DNA but yeah. you're not like giving permission.
0: <laughs> but the item itself, like it's like police will go through people's trash. They'll like get their trash cans from the curb and get the bags out. Because you've put it out onto the curb, it's no longer
1: yeah. your if property yeah. anymore,
0: technically under the law.
1: So I'm glad <laughs> yeah. they caught them. Yeah. So don't...
0: Jeremy basically pulled that's that good. move. Um I didn't know that's how they caught 'em. <laughs> this is uh bobby's like i shouldn't have drank it i was dumb and dean's like it wasn't that dumb i maybe had a beer too <laughs> sam's like are you fucking kidding me and dean's like i was thirsty <laughs> so now jeremy can come after Dean. <laughs> this is where bobby tells him to coffee up because <laughs> he is not going to sleep anytime soon <laughs> poor dean and we cut to two days later.
1: I Didn't realize it was two days later. <laughs> it's two days later. No wonder he's so grumpy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, how do you know it's two days later? Does it say? I think Dean mentions it. Okay. Um, so they're driving in the Impala, and Dean is very upset, <laughs> yelling at Bobby <laughs> over the phone. He
0: like gets pissed because he can't get his phone out of his pocket, and then he's yelling at Bobby. And like, I have been in this mood, you know that mood <laughs>
1: I'm that just you're so in, tired.
0: <laughs> where you're so tired that the tiniest inconvenience is
1: the end of the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. been there, Dean. Very relatable. Yeah, he's yelling <laughs> over the phone because I can't find Jeremy. Bella's trying to help, but she said the spirit world isn't being very chatty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dean pulls over and decides he's going to take a nap. <laughs> Fuck it. He's <laughs> just ready to take Jeremy on. Um, Sam pulls out some of Dean's hair, insisting that he's going to. <laughs> Does he just carry some dreamer around with him then? I think he
0: just had it on him, probably just in case. He probably figured Dean was going to give up at some point. Yeah. He was like, there's only so much... Um, like, lack of sleep, Dean can handle before he's just gonna <laughs> say, throw all caution to the wind. Yeah. And just be like, I can take this guy out on my own. So. so,
1: they both wake up back in the Impala and they hear someone outside, like, rustling in the leaves, and they get out. Um, as they walk over, they like hear some music playing. And
0: it's a dream, a little dream of me.
1: <laughs> is that what it is? Uh-huh.
0: That's literally the song, according to the super wiki. Um, I didn't know that was the name check. of the song, to be honest. But yeah, it's a dream, a little dream of me by the mamas and papas. huh
1: okay.
0: It's the song the episode's named after. I didn't know the, it was
1: named after a song. You can,
0: unless the episode title is a single word, like, bugs or faith or something you can generally assume that it's a reference to something beyond the actual episode that is like pop culture thing pop culture thing that can be like kind of linked to the episode you know okay.
1: so well, they walk over and they see Lisa on like a picnic blanket with a picnic basket It's like a beam of sunlight, like the heavens open up and there she is. (laughs) She tells Dean they have an hour before they pick up Ben at a baseball game and that she loves him and then she disappears. Yeah.
0: Dean's just like standing there, like looking at her and Sam, you can't even see Sam's face and Dean just goes, um, he's like, I've never had this dream before. (laughs) And then he's like, stop looking at me like that. (laughs) Like he can just like feel like Sam's angst. Yeah. (laughs) Because Sam is like, oh... Does Dean really dream about, like, having this picturesque life where, like, your girlfriend would make you a a nice picnic lunch and then you'd go pick up your kid from
1: baseball practice and, like... But she have had hints earlier on in the season that he does want that life. Yeah, yeah, this is something that
0: kind of gets hinted at. I think it's kind of interesting that Sam's the one that people are like, oh, Sam wants a normal life, Sam wants to have the white picket fence, and yada yada yada. But Sam doesn't know a normal life. Sam just wants to be normal. Sam just wants to not be a freak. Dean's the one who remembers what it was like to have a quote-unquote normal life. And he... Like, there is a part of him that I think he shoves way deep down a lot of the time, because he just can't deal with that. He just he just needs to not pretend that doesn't exist <laughs> most of the time um but there is a part of dean that does really crave that domestic life that nine-to-five job and the mortgage and a, yeah i mean something a he's partner never really had. and a family and yeah that's i think it's not even just the normality but the stability Mm-hmm. I think really what Dean craves is that stability. Especially right now when he's Especially dying. Especially right now. Yes, that is a very good point. And right now everything is very unstable for Dean, so like it makes sense. That this is something... like everything that he knows he can't have. You know? Yeah, this would probably be something like Jeremy's probably like digging around in Dean's head, finding ways to like manipulate him. And I feel like this is maybe something that's kind of closer to the surface. Like, it was yeah. like very easy to be like, uh-huh here have some something feelsy to get you off your guard <laughs> uh,
1: uh, so um Sam spots Jeremy over in the woods and they go after him but Dean falls behind and finds himself alone in a long hallway with like a tree patterned wallpaper I think I said I've seen this wallpaper in <laughs> Animal Crossing <laughs> that, that wallpaper is in an Animal Crossing <laughs> I haven't no sure
0: <laughs> yeah or I did Anyways. yeah um Sam is, like, yelling for Dean in the woods, um, Dean sees a, like, a door open at the end of the hall, and he enters to find someone sitting at the desk, it's, it's like a dark version of the motel room that they've been staying in, Bobby's motel room, um, someone is sitting at the desk turning the light on and on again, um, and Dean at first thinks it's Jeremy until Dean turns around, (laughs) (laughs) and this scene gets a little bit confusing, Um, So I'm going to go by what the wiki does and call and say Dean and Dream Dean. Just to differentiate. I think the subtitles on Netflix said Dean number two.
1: Oh, did I? I didn't even notice.
0: (laughs) But I'm going to go with Dream Dean. Um, And Dean's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get this. You're like the dark part of my subconscious. We're going to have a little, like, conversation. You know, it'll be angsty, whatever. Like, he's trying to kind of play it off um and dream dean's like uh, he talks about how he knows how worthless dean feels how he hates what he sees in the mirror and dean's like this is great but this is my party like it's my head i just have to snap my fingers and you disappear and then he snaps his fingers and nothing happens uh and dream dean's like yeah no it's not gonna be that easy and behind him the like the door slams and locks dream dean holds up a shotgun (laughs) and then i can't remember what he says i should really should open the transcript for this bit because um i think it's very important to kind of get right like what's going down you know um we are actually in act four i think um, yeah, Dream Dean says uh, that they need to talk. <laughs> um, this whole bit, we're kind of jump away from it for a second, and we'll come back to it. But everything with the two deans is so fucking good. Like this is kind yeah. of a dean heavy episode. Um, but it's just, oh my god, Jensen is so fucking talented. He's so talented he this is he'll do this kind of thing again where he plays across from himself in a future episode in like a season or two um and it's just as good then as it is here i can't even imagine what a gigantic pain in the ass it would be to have to be like jump back and forth between these two versions of the same character and like keep it all strange. One from one
1: angle and one from the other. Yeah. I'm sure they probably have like a stand in. Yeah. Uh, They've done that before for like if there's like twins, you know? (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) That are played
0: by the same actor. Yeah, Yeah, they'll like have stand in of like the one of their stunt doubles. uh, who has like similar similar haircut and build and wears the same costume. Um but to keep that straight in your own head as an actor yeah like i can't even imagine so yeah jensen does phenomenal with this scene it's so fucking good Ah, oh, i just love it um but first before we get back to dream dean we cut away briefly
1: um so sam wakes up wait is that where we're at yep okay Sam wakes up back in the Impala to find Jeremy next to him instead of Dean. Instead of Dean, <laughs> which is really creepy when he like turns yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, he's,
0: it looks like Dean at first because he yeah. has a similar haircut and he's wearing a similarly colored like jacket. Um, and so Sam like touches on his shoulders like Dean, Dean, because I think he he thinks he's awake again. Yeah, and then we like cut to like a shot kind of through the driver's side window and we see Jeremy with his eyes open Yeah, and he's really 3D. creepy <laughs> honestly the actor plays Jeremy
1: does a really good job yeah he's really, really creepy excellent work my dude um, <laughs> and then he has that baseball bat again and he <sighs> just hits Sam with it and knocks him out of the car and then he like imagines him um, tied to the tied ground, to the ground. <laughs> yeah Um, um, he reveals that the doctor got him hooked on the dream route and then took it away. So Jeremy killed him he just wants to be left alone to dream, which is like fair, but you murdered it. (laughs) He's kind of went around it the the wrong way. He can't talk.
0: Yeah. Like I, leaving you alone to dream. Yeah. I'd be totally down for that if you hadn't turned out to be psychotic
1: (laughs) and attack other people in their dreams. Yeah. Um, and then he just starts, like, wailing on Sam with the <laughs> yeah. baseball bat.
0: Yeah, he says he's getting stronger with each dream, and this time the boys aren't waking up. Uh, we jump back to the motel room with Dream Dean. Um, I totally do not remember Jeremy at all. Really? I wonder if I, like, fell asleep the first time I watched this. <laughs> Maybe, that's entirely possible. Um, and Dream Dean talks about how Dean's going to hell and he's not going to do anything to stop it And he's like why you have really low self-esteem and he's like i guess it's not much of a wife, a life worth saving now is it i'm literally reading right out of the transcript uh and dean's like wake up wake up wake up wake up <laughs> like to himself uh and this is where dream dean says um, after all you've got nothing outside of sam you are nothing you're as mindless and obedient as an attack dog uh dean says that's not true dream says dream dean says no what are the things that you want what are the things that you dream i mean your car that's dad's your favorite leather jacket dad's your music dad's do you even have an original thought (laughs) no no all there is is watch out for sammy look out for your little brother boy you can still hear your dad's voice in your head can't you clear as a bell uh, and Dream Dreambean says, uh, I mean, think about it. All he ever did is train you, boss you around. But Sam, Sam he doted on. Sam he loved. Dean knew, or Dad knew he really were a good soldier and nothing else. Daddy's blunt little intru- instrument. Your own father didn't care whether you lived or died. Why should you? And that is like, what the fuck, Dean? <laughs> like, because Jeremy's pulling from Dean's own subconscious with this. So these are thoughts yeah. that Dean has had. And I think... Like I was the bit about like Sam he doted on, Sam he loved, makes me think of bugs. We talked about the boys having a very distinct, different memory like way of viewing their own childhood where Sam's like, No, you're dad's favorite, dad I could never do anything right, like and Dean's like, Dad just wanted to protect you, like clearly your dad's favorite, like they have very different views of their own childhood and that kinda calls back this kind of calls back to that.
1: Yeah.
0: But also how Dean was just raised to just, this is the very, I think this is something a lot of older siblings can kind of relate to, is that you are raised to meet your parents' expectations. Yeah. Like, that is the key thing that they expect from you is to like do what you're told and get good grades Be a good
1: example look
0: out for your siblings and like yeah (laughs) like this is something that i like super relate to as the oldest of five kids like yeah the the expectations are high (laughs) very high you know so like hearing this is like a little bit triggering, but also a little validating, because I'm like, oh, somebody else, even if he's fictional, has, like, felt this way. Yeah. Um, but it really breaks down how Dean sees himself. He sees himself as the good little soldier. You know, as his daddy's blunt little instrument, as um, he calls himself. That's actually a line that I think comes up again at least once, and it's something the fandom kind of pulls on a lot. Is that Dean just sees himself as a tool. Um, i think i think we've seen it already there's maybe it's not this season i don't remember there's one point in the show where dean calls himself the grunt like he's just like the muscle of the operation and sam's the brains you know like he doesn't see value in who he is as an individual Mm -hmm. his whole value is wrapped up in his little brother And in keeping his family safe and pleasing his father, and now his dad's gone, and so now all he has is Sam. Yeah. (laughs) His whole world just revolves around Sam, like he's the moon and Sam is the earth. You know, and he's not going anywhere because they're so innately like tied to each other, and like he does without the earth, the moon wouldn't be a moon it would just be a, a, another little planet at space rock, you know, but because it rotates the earth, it makes it what it is, you know? And like, so that's kind of how Dean is, sees himself with Sam is he is who he is because he takes care of Sam. And because he follows dad's instructions and be like, mm-hmm. he doesn't see himself as an innate, as an individual with innate like value, yeah. which is very sad. very sad. Dean needs therapy. They'll never need get it. Therapy. They Everybody needs therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but Dean especially needs therapy. Um, but this last line your own father didn't care where you lived or died. Why should you? Um, first off, Dream Dean, John literally sold his own soul <laughs> to save his son so I don't know where you're getting that idea from but this is what sets Dean off like he's been getting like he's he's getting angry he even says it he says I mean it I'm getting angry at one point point." Um, and this is where Dean blows up and we get like Dean's more of Dean's surface feel- feelings um, where he says uh, my father was an obsessed bastard uh, he's like beating on Dream Dean as he does this like hitting him with the the shotgun using it kind of like a bat and pinning him to the wall and he says all that crappy dumped on me about protecting sam that was his crap he's the one who couldn't protect his family he's the one who let mom die who wasn't there for sam i always was it, he wasn't fair i didn't deserve what he put on me and i don't deserve to go to hell and then he shoots himself
1: <laughs> it's, like, it's like, uh, like the realization like he doesn't want to die. Doesn't want yeah, to go to hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he's, and he's finally really like been, fighting back a bit. He's yeah. been denying that.
0: Yeah. This whole yeah. season, he's been like, "No, I'm gonna play it tough" because he didn't, he doesn't see a way out of it. So he's like, "Well, I'll just accept my fate, and I'll be tough about it, and it'll be fine." But now I he's finally like, he,
1: maybe in a way, letting felt like himself he feel. It. Yeah. He definitely does. Now he's does. like, "Hey, I actually don't deserve it."
0: Especially because I'm mean, like, I keep thinking back to previous seasons, like. um... Uh, when he says like all that crappy crappy dump to me about protecting Sam, that was his crap. He's the one that couldn't protect his family, it makes me think of what John said at the end of two oh one about like how he made Dean grow up too fast and he shouldn't have put all of that on Dean, like how he would come home from a hunt and be like all weighed down with the stuff he had to see or do and Dean would put his little hand on his dad's shoulder and say, It's okay, Dad and John's like, Oh, you shouldn't have had to do that. And, like, this this reminds me, that's what this kind of reminds me of, is what John said about that, which was too little too late, a bit, but, like, makes me think of that. And then, um, Dean realizing that, like, he didn't ask for any of that, and he doesn't deserve it. Like, it wasn't okay. It happened, and there's nothing he can go back to do and change it, but that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. And he, I think for the last, for like all of season two, he kind of had this feeling that he was supposed to die. I think that's a little bit part of why he was so okay with selling his soul and knowing he was going to die, was because the whole of season two, he believed he was supposed to have died in the first episode. And he, like, he talks about a couple times throughout the season that, like, Dad shouldn't be dead. Dean's the one who's supposed to be dead. Like, that's not the natural order of things. Dean was supposed to have died. He doesn't believe he's supposed to be alive still. Yeah. And so he's just like accepted his fate. And now he's realizing that he, or admitting to himself, not realizing it, because I think he's known it all along, but he's been denying it to Sam and to himself. He's finally admitting that he doesn't want to accept his fate that he doesn't want the the end that he's stumbled into for himself the end that he chose to save his brother like once again he has sacrificed himself for sam because that's all he knows how to do and now he's like but i i don't want this actually and finally allowing himself to feel that yeah. which is very very angsty <laughs> uh but yeah he has apparently killed his dream self um, we jump briefly back to over by the Impala where Jeremy is just beating up Sam, uh, who is tied to the ground. I think there's like some like stakes. Yeah. That he's tied to. Um, we go back to the motel room, and this is where we get this. This is iconic. It's so good. Um, Dream Dean suddenly comes back to life. His eyes open, and they are completely black. And he sits up. And he looks at Dean and he says, you can't escape me, Dean. You're gonna die. And this, this is what you're gonna become. And then that is, like, definitely Dean's, like, worst fear, I think. Yeah. Like, to become... That's... I think one. it's one of Dean's worst fears is to become the thing he hunts.
1: Yeah.
0: That's part of what in 201 was starting to persuade him to go with Tessa was the idea that if he stayed, he would be a ghost and then he would become a vengeful spirit eventually, and then yeah. he would be the thing he hunted? And I think there is a part of Dean that is terrified of that, of becoming a monster. Yeah. Because I, like, he probably thinks that there is some part of him that is already a monster. Because Dean does not think very much of himself. Um, he keeps that, he has that cocky attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't think very highly of himself. But he—that's like his worst fear, I think, or one of his worst fears is becoming something that he hunts. Um. But yeah, we go. We jump back to Jeremy and Sam. I'm gonna let Babe talk for a minute because I'm losing my voice. <laughs>
1: Apparently I've had a lot to
0: say about this episode.
1: Apparently. It's a good episode. It's good.
0: I haven't had a lot of to say about Sam's shit in this episode. I'm sorry, Sam. Um, Talked
1: about it, sexy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could talk about that.
1: <laughs> Jeremy is telling Sam there's nothing um, he can't do because of the dream route. And Sam reminds Jeremy that he also took the dream route. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> And Jeremy's father appears out of the woods, and Jeremy is frozen in fear, giving Sam the chance to whack him in the head with the baseball bat, um, I guess killing Jeremy? Yeah, twice. We see it.
0: We we see Sam hit him, and then we see Jeremy, like, asleep in his bed, and he, like, jerks,
1: and then Sam I guess he could him kill him from inside their dream?
0: Yeah, well, because that's what he did with Dr. Greg. Hmm. That's what he did with the doctor when he was planning to do with Bobby. Yeah. Um... I think I think it's a, it's like an urban myth thing that I've heard of, that I don't know how much truth there is to it that you can't die inside of your dreams and if you do die die in your dream you die in real life.
1: I think you know? I've heard of that. So I yeah. think
0: that's kind. This is kind of always playing like you like that. jerk awake before. Yeah, like if you're falling or exactly. whatever, you will yeah. always wake up before you hit the ground because you can't die in your dreams. Huh. I don't know how much truth there really is to that, but like that's something I've always heard. So this yeah. is probably. Based like dying that. by something in your dream is probably drawing from that, yeah.
1: I guess that would be the danger of using the root then, right? The mm-hmm. way that they're using it. Mm-hmm. We're traveling into someone else's dream is if they overpower you. Yeah. You know. Um, and then Sam and Dean wake up in the Impala. Yeah. You can keep going if you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Back at the motel, Bobby's asking Sam if his ability to enter Jeremy's room had anything to do with his psychic power, and Sam says no, but he's not certain.
0: He's like, "I don't think so." <laughs> it's
1: like, "I don't know." Yeah. Then they enter the hotel room. Dean says he can't find Bella, and Bella or wait, Bobby admits that. Um, Flagstaff was About not the flagstaff. Yeah. Bella
0: said that Bobby saved her life in Flagstaff. Yeah, but Bobby's he just like, gave I her I a good deal on the out. amulet. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, then why did she help us? And he's like, you boys better check your pockets. He said, not literally. They, they immediately check their pockets, and he's like, not literally. <laughs> it's so great. I,
1: I don't think I'd ever noticed the not literally until tonight. <laughs> I mean, she is known to pickpocket, so. That's true. That's true. So Dean runs to the safe and finds that Bella has stolen the cult, which Oops. is not good. Yeah. Um, they decide they're going to hunt down Bella. Um, Dean asks Sam what he saw in his dream, and Sam lies and said he only saw Jeremy. And Well, Pete. that's the truth. Sam only saw Jeremy. Well, he also saw Lisa. Well, but Dean knows that part. Oh, okay. They, they were
0: together for that. That's true. So that's not a lie. That's just... We don't need to talk about that part,
1: because... <laughs> I thought he was lying that he didn't notice it
0: or something. Oh, no. He definitely noticed it because Dean was like, stop looking at me like that.
1: I've never had this dream before. (laughs) And then Dean lies saying nothing happened with him because he was looking for Sam. Um, And then Dean finally admits to Sam in the car that he doesn't want to die, doesn't want to go to hell. And Sam promises they'll find a way to save him
0: the way sam's like face off because he's been begging dean for episodes to just admit that he's scared like literally from episode one of this season he's like i know you're scared you're putting on a brave front i please just be honest like you know like we just we should just be honest with each other and now dean is finally opening up about it and sam's like <laughs> did i just hear you say what yeah I heard yeah i think say. he's a little bit like wow okay uh, but he's also, like, he- his expression is just, like, so gentle, because he's like, I knew- I knew this. I've known this all along, but now I'm, like, finally hearing it from you. Yeah. And then he- he's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do whatever we can, you know? It's so cute. Also, I had not I didn't mention it before, but Sam's season three hair is one of my favorites. I don't know what it is. It's the, like- it's not parted in the middle, I think it's a little off-center- Um, but it makes me kind of think of his Gilmore Girls hair and for some reason that's a hairstyle that I just really like with the like spiky ish bangs coming down on either like framing his face I like it it looks good (laughs) Um, we get a final flash back to Dean's dream with the the demon version of himself saying that um, uh, that he's going to die and this is what he's going to become and then snaps his fingers to end the dream that is the end of this episode which is a very good episode I really like this one
1: yeah. I remembered it had some good stuff I but I didn't the remember how good Dean thing yeah <laughs> but it came back to me mm-hmm. when like even like I do not remember Jeremy at all really <laughs> yeah, he was actually all.
0: really good yeah like he I don't know I think he did a pretty good job I especially I who the bad guy was in this like when Sam, like, brings Jeremy's dad in, like, the way that the actor, like, just in his eyes, Reverts he goes to a, kid. to a little boy. Yeah. Very well done. He did a great job. But yeah, this episode, like, delves into some really heavy Dean stuff that apparently I had a lot to say about.
1: It's a very <laughs> Dean-centric season.
0: Very, well, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, considering. <laughs> but yeah. um, Next week. We are going to talk about... Sweet
1: the moment. <laughs> what did I say? Heat at the moment is what I meant. <laughs>
0: next week, we are talking about Mystery Spot. Or not next week, two weeks from now. Um, which I'm so fucking excited by. I didn't realize Mystery Spot was directed by Kim Manners. I love Kim Manners' work. He is, He was an amazing director written by jeremy carver such a good episode i'm so fucking hyped oh my god i remember it's talking about the boys talking about this episode and jensen had a lot of fun because he just got to die over and over again and jared was having kind of a hard time because this is actually like a really devastating <laughs> episode for sam like this is so much trauma. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> so much trauma um but yeah that is what we're talking about next next time almost said next week again i'm tired we gotta go to bed soon but yeah i think that's it for this week anything else you want to talk about vips no i'm tired <laughs> yeah i'm tired too Ugh. um let me find my intro outro because i forgot to open it earlier um thank you guys so much for listening if you like what you hear please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app we're on apple podcast stitcher spotify all those fun places. Also, if you could review the podcast on iTunes, that would be very nice. It helps the algorithm. And if you have any fellow Supernatural fans, tell them about us. If you want to reach out, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, I think. It, the, I don't know why Google Chrome is being dumb. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, on Twitter Talk About Sam Pod, on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. I'm Little Red Who Could on Twitter and
1: Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love,
0: where can people find
1: you? Um, on Twitter at Life Was On Three and Tumblr at HF Thoughts Blog.
0: All right. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. I need to take this myth with us to Ikea next time we go. <laughs> it goes to this lamp.
1: I'm putting it in the drawer it may not be the best way to remember. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: my tarot cards, my parents' house key. Mm. Look, this. my little, it's picket. It's picket, that's cute. Yeah, look at all my flash drives. Oh my god. And I have a fidget cube. Do you want that? <laughs> i think i gave you one you did where is I it i think it's in one of my backpacks i had this little tiny book at this he's small oh it's called a tolkien
1: treasury small oh, i
0: had the i bookmarked the shire pudding recipe but mm-hmm. it's literally like it's a little tiny hardback book very small like it's literally you like find three inches by maybe two and a half inches. Barnes & Noble. For, like, $7. (laughs) It's cute. Um, But it's got, it's like a little collection of, like, um, quotes. And that is way too loud. (laughs) Quotes and little poems and things that people have written. There's some little (coughs)
1: recipes. There's a
0: recipe for Smog's Gems.
1: (laughs) What are Smog's
0: Gems? Combine one cup of vanilla wafer crumbs, one cup of confectioner's sugar, one cup of chopped nuts, and one tablespoon of cocoa. Add two tablespoons of light corn syrup and one fourth cup of whiskey. Mix well and shape into one-inch balls. Roll in confectioner's sugar and place in an airtight container. Store in the fridge. Huh.
1: Yeah. You can't have that? Nope. <laughs> At least not without some substitutions. There's some other recipes. It doesn't smell, in here. sound like smogs gems. It smells like smogs balls. <laughs> sounds like it. <any.
0: laughs> Bjorn's honey nut cake.
1: <laughs> it's like a recipe
0: book. But... Uh, well, no, it's mostly like quotes. There's little quotes about, and like little. There's some haikus like there's one about please stop playing with the really loud ones <laughs> they're louder than me <laughs> um here's a here's a haiku about gandalf it says snowy brows blue eyes flash of fire and thunder the old gray pilgrim yeah it's a haiku there's a haiku about the Nazgul. Cool. Let me find it. It's actually really cool. I think it's good.
1: Maybe. Cloaked in black. They scare the worms.
0: Um, um, Darkness wore a cloak, wrapping for a pale rider astride a black horse.
1: That's better than. <laughs> <the laughs> than Whatever it go. with.
0: Cloaked in black is only three. I don't syllables remember the well. rules for a haiku. 575. Okay shire pudding this is the one that i had bookmarked uh mix together one cup of milk two eggs one cup of flour and one teaspoon salt in a blender i don't think bilbo would have had a blender but whatever uh put three tablespoons of hot beef or lamb drippings in a nine inch or three tablespoons did i say teaspoons this isn't the sweet pudding. I don't know. no Um, put three tablespoons of hot beef or lamb drippings in a nine-inch glass pie plate. Pour the batter into the middle of the drippings. Bake in a preheated oven for 15 minutes. Reduce heat to 350 and continue to bake until pudding is puffy and brown. I think it's kind of a take on Yorkshire puddings. Um, but yeah. There's, like, quotes about Tolkien and quotes about the
1: world, and... Bring us a little
0: <laughs> poems and artworks.
1: It's really cute. And things like
0: that. But yeah, it says teeny tiny little (coughs) book. I like this quote. It says, The children who swallow the star are the poets, like Yeats or Tolkien, who become wanderers between two worlds. That's a mood. Yeah.
1: So there's like fun art pieces. Mmm, that's cool. I have a book of, like, token art from the film. Like, the guy that did the art for the film. I need to bring it.
0: The very last page in the book says, it's a quote from the Cimmerillion, it says, his people lamented him ever after and took no king again. And that's the very last book. <laughs> hmm. This book has been bound using handcraft methods and submits soon to ensure durability. Hmm cool really but cute. yeah it's a cute little book that i really like really we cute. could put it with our lord of the rings
1: collection yeah. it's very small very small little it's book there's a picture of bilbo and Gollum on the back uh-huh.
0: sore throat going on. I think it's because of my allergies. Probably. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's my allergies. See, I told you, this chair is a hazard. <laughs> it's <laughs> a hazard to my health. <laughs> I think it's the hardwood floor more than chair because it just lets it roll really easily. Like, I'm used to chairs on carpet and they, like, roll on carpet, especially, like, shitty, like, no texture to it carpet. Yeah. <laughs> but see that doesn't rolling. roll quite as well as a hardwood floor <laughs> <laughs> alright
1: let's do this thing I'm gonna catch me riding dirty you <laughs> <laughs> see y'all me mowing seen the... my front yard
0: <laughs> what's that you don't know that version?
1: I feel like I might have be mowing. I think it's front lawn is it the kids' ball version? No. Oh, <laughs> oh it's um, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. I yeah. see me mowing
0: my front lawn. I know they're all thinking I'm so white and nerdy. <laughs> I'm just too white and nerdy. See, I'm nerdy. <laughs> yeah. I gotta show you. Talk nerdy to me.
1: I have to show this to you. Have you all seen the senior choir sing, White, Riding Dirty? It's pure gold. No. Okay, okay.
0: That's a National Geographic ad. This song, this cover is... Um... It doesn't even say. <laughs> it's from
1: 2014. <laughs> About Ganda.
0: <laughs> Why is the video quality so low? Oh. I think it's just because it's from- <laughs> <laughs>
1: a Mormon guy? Yep! How did I know just <laughs> by his mannerisms? <laughs> I've been around too many Mormons in my life <laughs> to just be able to tell <laughs> that this is a thousand percent filmed by a guy in Provo, Utah. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty good though. <laughs> I love that you immediately knew.
0: (laughs) I don't remember what it says. I think maybe... But yeah, these guys are in
1: Utah. (laughs) And... It was like a couple of BYU dudes. I knew it. <laughs> yep. Was he in like vocal point or something? Oh, he might have been. He looks familiar. I don't know.
0: Um, I'd have to Google. Oh, it's playing an ad. K-Face TV. I don't remember. But yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good though. Yeah, he's a Utah local. (laughs) I love that you knew that. You were like, is this guy Mormon?
1: (laughs) You can just tell, guys. You just know. Especially if you grew up around them. Yes, especially. Like, we have a
0: sixth sense for it. Like, I just kind of know. The
1: haircut, the mannerisms, Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Especially,
0: like, the early 2000-aughts. Yeah. Like... (laughs) <laughs> it looks like, this looks like a BYU dude. <laughs> he looks like an RM.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bet you half that was filmed on campus, too. Not to mention I didn't recognize a few of the locations. I
0: was going to say, I, I'm sure you probably know some locations because you're a Provo native. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm sure like half of those are on campus or something
1: probably i this looked like like downtown provo area a lot of that with like the brick and the yeah i reckon that's one of the comic books shops that's in downtown (laughs) provo that they were dancing in front of (laughs) that's fantastic